Well, hey, it's been a minute. It's been a hot minute I know. since we've recorded anything. Yeah, I, I was trying <laughs> to even think of when we posted, much less recorded, and I don't really remember. I think our last one was the Antioch Kids uh, summarizing the Advent story, yes. which was super fun. Oh my word, that was so fun to put together. I wish that I could have done like a video post because a lot of them were, were video recordings, not all of them though. And oh my word, the kids just acting it out or trying to remember things were just so awesome. Yeah. I mean, shout out to all the parents that sent in videos or recordings of their kids because that was super cute and super a fun way to get our hearts kind of like in the mind of the Christmas season for sure. Yeah, that was super fun. But it's a new year. We are back with semi-consistent podcast planning (laughs) and uh, we are excited to interview Pastor Patrick Drury today. Um, You are our interim pastor and so we thought it'd be a good chance to uh, let the congregation kind of get to know you a little bit better. We've done that a little bit on Sundays, but podcasting kind of always gives us a better chance to just sort of have a conversation. So, have you ever been on a podcast before, Patrick? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think this is the first time. Well, this is this. All 30 of our listeners are going to be very excited. <laughs> Welcome to, to this very high quality I got to tell you, though, um, <laughs> the, the fact that you had interviewed other people <laughs> and had those podcasts out was so helpful for me because I could jump on there and like in December, November, before I even knew you guys, really, I was listening to some podcasts oh, from no right way. here, Life in the City, going, hey, this is cool. I get to meet some people. Oh, that's awesome. I didn't know that. that heartbeat a little bit. So, yeah. It's fun. Very cool. helpful for me. Well, cool. I, hope you, I hope you heard the growth of our uh, podcasting abilities as well <laughs> <laughs> through that. But, um, well, we just wanted to give you a chance to kind of tell us about yourself. Uh, before we get into why Antioch and, and all of that, uh, tell us a little bit about, you know, who you are, your family, um, maybe what you've done in life before before Antioch. Yeah. Wow. Where to start? <laughs> yeah. I've got a little bit of history. Yeah. No, it's good. Um, I've been married to Kimberly for 30 some years. We'll just leave it there. <laughs> uh, a little over 30 years. And we have four sons, four boys. So we had two miscarriages early on first before we had our boys. So mm. well, we don't know if those are boys or girls, but um, the Lord knows that. And we've raised four boys. Uh, from, gosh, uh, Joshua is is living in Duluth. He's a youth pastor at Rock Hill Church. We love and, Rock Hill. Yep, and we love Ashley and our two grandkids up there, and it's not that far away, so we get to see them some, but not nearly enough. Depends on who you ask. I mean, I think for your wife, Kimberly, yeah. the, the distance between her and her grandkids That's seems true. a little bit and far. And we're a little bit of a gap. It's been a while, so we're trying to figure that out right now like we want to see our family and then our second son uh jacob he's just got married and we love reagan and they live all the way out in fargo right now so that's a little bit farther and um we don't get to see them as often as we'd like to either but then we still have two boys at home with us joseph and john and so we're having a great time and going through it's a different tone at home like it used to be a lot louder, and now it's a lot quieter. And but it's great, you know. It's fun to see. It's fun That's to see awesome. our kids grow. And were you yeah. always in uh, like ministry, or did you did you always know you wanted to do ministry? Maybe I should say it that way. Yeah, that's a good question. I think in high school I started feeling a little bit of a draw, or at least started asking in my mind, like, really, could I could I maybe do ministry when I get older? But then I would say. 
my my older brother was going into the ministry and just kind of feeling that whole like, well, do I do the same thing that he did, uh, or am do I, I going to really do something different? Do that, yeah. Would I be as good at it as he is? And he's very talented. Um, and I didn't really know. I didn't have. I didn't feel enough confidence yet mm-hmm. at that point. So I went to college and studied psychology and. I think initially I was thinking I might do like industrial psych or workplace, mm. environmental mm. development stuff. Um, kind of grew up in a blue collar area and had a heart for that. Um, and then, you know, didn't really ever think I would want to sit and do counseling all day. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, um, because people. <laughs> I finished that degree and rolled out going, I'm going to do HR work. So I, hmm. I did an internship and then worked for a couple of years at a hospital in their human hmm. resource department. And then it was while I was doing that, Kim and I were like typical young 20s with no kids, serving in our church, saying yes to everything. So we're like on the missions committee uh, at this little church, this church in Springfield, Ohio. We were leading middle school ministry, Sunday morning and activities and stuff. Uh, We were on the, I was leading the evangelism program there at the time, and and we were leading a small group, which was swelling because there was a lot of interest in a young married couples group. All this stuff going on, we loved every bit of it, and I'm like, this is what I'm going to do for the rest of my life. Hmm. So made a transition from there, went to Trinity for my MDiv, and that was all in Ohio. And we went all the way west to Chicago thinking, well, we'll probably go back in that area that we're Mm. familiar with. Mm. But as we finished, the Lord called us to go further west. We went to North Iowa and served in Iowa for 12 years, and we've been up here in Minnesota for about 10. Wow. And part of that time in Minnesota was pastoring, correct? Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So we were, I was an associate pastor in Iowa for most of that time there. Um, almost the entire time, just did a little bit of uh, in between some interim work actually for two small church plants. And then when we were in uh, transition to, to Becker, I was a senior pastor there mm. for nine and a half years. Wow. And I know you were a senior pastor, mm-hmm. but you also have other jobs too that you have done <laughs> and continue to do uh, yeah. both with ministry or paraministry context or even outside of that too at the local high school. Can you share more about that? Yeah. Yeah. So we've done uh, other paraministry stuff. Um, I've been coaching, been the assistant cross country coach at our high school for Mm. probably seven years. Wow. And that's just been really cool. The other coach goes to a different church, but both of us believers and really see gospel opportunity in doing what we do there. So that's been, that's really fun. Um, don't know if I'll be able to do that this coming fall, just with busyness and stuff, but mm. that's kind of been the way it always is. Like, I don't know if I'll be able to keep doing this, but it's been really fun to do. Um, and then also started doing peacemaking work um, about 10 years ago. Uh, I was in a church that had a conflict, and this peacemaking team came in, and guided us through it, and it was awesome. I'm like, this is so cool that these people have been able to teach us things in the Word that we don't, I mean, I'm a pastor. I didn't mm-hmm. really, I've been helping people resolve conflict for 20, 25 years, but mm-hmm. I, a lot of it's just been shooting from the hip. Yeah. 
there's some, some process in this that's really helpful and some scriptures I wasn't even aware of. And so I wanted to learn more about it. So I started going to any kind of training I could and really went through all the training from Peacemaker Ministries that they had, became certified as a Christian conciliator with a couple organizations. And really for about eight or ten years, I've been helping couples, families, and churches process through conflict mm. and, and find resolution. So last year, almost a year ago, uh, I stepped out of pastoral ministry full-time because particularly helping churches in conflict, they need a lot of time and attention that I couldn't give doing it off on the side while I was pastoring, especially through COVID. It was like pastoral ministry took more time and energy and focus. Yeah. And I didn't really have that extra margin. So um, I made that transition and I've just been doing peacemaking work. But like starting a new ministry, it hasn't been <laughs> quite full time. I've had more time <laughs> yeah. on my hands than I expected. So, um, well, I mean, we, we are the benefactors of that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because I think because of that, uh, our, our district superintendent, right, reached yep. out to yeah, you was, and said, It was our district superintendent. Hey, he calls me up and he says, hey, I have an idea. I'm like, Ryan, you know what I'm trying to get off the ground here? I mean, this is unique. You know, I don't know. And he goes, no, no, I think this could work. And I'm like, yeah, probably not. Let me tell you why. Because I need to be able to, like, be gone for a week, you know, mm-hmm. with three weeks notice and just mm-hmm. totally focus on that. He goes, yeah, I think we can work with that. <laughs> I think and these guys can handle that. <laughs> I kind of learned to never say yes or no to mm-hmm. A ministry opportunity or idea someone has without spending some time praying about it yeah getting more information and the more i got the more it was just like this seems like one of those divinely created Mm. things like yeah this is perfect i think this is a hand in glove situation here at least Mm. from my perspective feels that way and it still does so it's been it's been a huge blessing yeah no i think it's it's been awesome for us too it's been cool to see how I mean, really, the Lord orchestrated all of this, you know, Mm -hmm. whether it was how we would have wanted it to go or not. You know, no one ever wishes to be in a season of transition. (laughs) You know, it's like, uh, I I actually think by the end of this, we'll be very tired of that phrase, like this transitional time or season of transition. It'll it'll become like the The word unprecedented. unprecedented. (laughs) (laughs) Unprecedented times. Yeah, that was the beginning of COVID. A year in, we were like, we can't use that word anymore. No more, no more precedents. Every day can't be unprecedented. Every single day. Exactly. Um, But uh, yeah, we we feel like it's been been great. Uh, How do you feel like uh, your gifts made it so you could say yes? Um, Not just the logistical nature of of like it it'll work out yeah um but because it's different you know it's part-time you live an hour away um it's winter it's winter (laughs) (laughs) but like how does how does this role fit with your natural giftings yeah that's a great question i think a lot of it is just like a lot of it's more of what i've learned maybe it's not even natural it's just more that like like preaching Mm. i am not a natural public speaker. Hmm. I'm an introvert. It is. It, it takes a lot of energy, but and I mean, I think for the first. So when I was an associate pastor, I got to preach about once a month, which was a huge gift. It was unusual, and I came to love it. But for about the first seven years, like I was physically sick on Sunday morning. Hmm. Yeah, like just from nerves. It's, yeah, I was nervous. Wow, like I didn't want to mess up. And it just took a long time to be comfortable 
So I think a lot of it is just like now when I think about speaking, I did a lot of pulpit supply last year in churches that I just hadn't been in before. And it's, e- it's easy in the sense that like I crossed that, I, I've climbed that hill yeah. mm-hmm. of working through all those tough questions about it and just became comfortable with it. So <laughs> I did some number crunching. I was thinking the other day, like I have, I think over the years I've been in over, it was somewhere between 500 and 600 elder board meetings. Oh, <laughs> I've, I've, I've been a part of at least 1,200 staff meetings. Wow. Just in church context, not parachurch and other stuff. <laughs> and then plus uh, conciliating work and coaching and uh, consulting work has been another number on top of that, working in, in places where people are really struggling. So <laughs> <laughs> That's a lot of meetings. <laughs> doesn't make me a professional. <laughs> just like, like, yeah, I've done this before. So <laughs> makes it a little easier to just jump in and what's Expert- one more, right? <laughs> expertise by exposure. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Oh, that's incredible. That's so funny. (laughs) But we've also loved small groups too. Like that Mm. was when Kim and I got started, our small group was so important to us. And like whether we were leading one and figuring it out, you know, um, Eva, with with my degree, you know, I studied small group dynamics in college and just really had an interest there. And then I've been able to go through small groups that were led by counselors, mm. just in a church context, and I learned so much from doing that too. So we love that, and that's something we're kind of missing right now. So, you know, I'm planning on visiting some of the small groups at some of the community groups at Antioch, and really looking forward to that, just to be in that environment. And that's one of the fun things about being here is when I meet somebody who's part of Antioch. Almost immediately, they start talking about their group Hmm. and people in their group and how they love their group. And I would so much rather hear someone talk about their group and how valuable that is than talk about a sermon or a service or a building or anything like that. Yeah, It's like, to me, that's a really cool sign. That's really cool. That's really encouraging, too. I think sometimes when you're in it, you don't hear, you know, you don't. Does a does a fish know it's wet? Kind of a kind of a thing. Yeah. But to hear from the outside that that's how people are leading, that's that's really cool. It's a connection to the people, which are a part of the body of Christ. I mean, a connection to a building. It's not what does that offer you? Yeah, <laughs> but a connection to people who are going to point you to Christ is, I think, what we definitely desire this body to be for sure. Yeah. So when I hear it, it's like how people are experiencing Antioch. Mm-hmm. They're experiencing it in that group setting. They're experiencing it very relationally, which is great. You know, I think one of the errors of the church in in America in recent decades was this push for like the big perfect program, mm-hmm. the big show. You know, and people experience their church that way, and it just can't get that deep into their life. And it's encouraging to hear people experience it through their groups and one thing you've encouraged our church to do even in the past couple of weeks as we enter into a new sermon series on the sermon on the mount um is to read scripture throughout the week you've given us the challenge of reading matthew five through seven once or even twice mm-hmm. um throughout our weeks and even allowing people to discuss what we're learning through the um 
discussion questions that you're putting in the bulletin. So I hope people are accessing those because you should if you're listening to this. They're (laughs) wonderful discussion questions to have in community because, yeah, just listening to a sermon on a Sunday morning, I, I will say like my memory goes, but when I have other people in my community group or DNA group that can remind me of those gospel truths when I need to hear them. It allows yeah. me to soak it in so much better. Um, and hopefully I can bless others through it as well, too. Um, what are some things that you have found, even as you prepare sermons, you've challenged us to read the scriptures multiple times. And by Easter, we'll have read it probably close to 50 times, I think, by then. <laughs> uh, what are some things you think you have found as you're preparing sermons for our church and you're reading those scriptures over and over. How does God move as you prepare those sermons in reading things over and over? Because I assume in your life as a pastor, you've preached the Sermon on the Mount multiple times, maybe. How do I how does it, it one time? One about time, okay. Nine years ago, I think. How does God yeah. change that? I mean, are you seeing new things in preaching it now that you didn't nine oh, years ago? Man, yeah, I mean, I I'll remember. I'll tell you the story of when I remember first reading the Sermon on the Mount. Um, so I got saved when I was five or six years old, um, evening service in a Baptist church in Ohio, you know, and was I heard this altar call. Altar call. Yes. There was, <laughs> there was, I'll tell you that first. So I went up front, I got up, I'm like, we were in an evening service, you know, it's the kind of thing you, you have to wear your church clothes. Then you go home and change into your play clothes. And then at some point you have to change back, back into in church, church clothes, clothes. <laughs> yep. to go to church again. We had we had second tier church clothes for yeah, Sunday night. I think I so. It was kind a of little like, bit of grace, uh-huh. maybe not much. <laughs> I think so, my hair was always a little disheveled with my like Sunday <laughs> dress when I went back on Sunday evenings. But yeah, there's got to be a "we're glad you're here anyways" factor going on. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I remember like telling my parents, I, "I need to go up," and they're like, "Okay." So I went up, and uh, the pastor met me up front, and it was just kind of like, "Okay, that's nice." Why don't you go home with your parents? Which was really a great blessing because I remember praying with my dad mm. on our knees in front of that old green couch in our living room to ask Christ to be my savior and give my life to him. Um, but then as I was, I remember real clearly too, I was about 10 years old, fifth grade, and it was a tough time at school. I was getting bullied a lot at school and pushed around, which I think is pretty typical. And I remember reading the Sermon on the Mount then and Jesus saying things like, yeah, someone hits you in the face, hmm. turn your big cheek. deal. Yep, yeah. turn, your, turn your cheek, there's bigger things going on. And I remember thinking, okay, <laughs> let's go. And <laughs> it just kind of shaped how I even experienced it then, you know. Um, I didn't hit, the, uh, there was one kid in particular that was a really, really just cruel to me. Um I never hit him back, but then I remember we switched. We went to different schools. I grew and went out for wrestling. I ended up like the team captain of my wrestling team at this school, and then I saw him when we were like 16, and I was just like, oh, mm. dude, I could take you so hard right now. <laughs> but this feeling of like, but I'm not going to, mm. you know? I, I kind of feel bad for you and your life and Hmm. you know just that kind of god doing a deeper thing was really really meaningful so yeah when i read the sermon on the mount i mean still i read it and i'm like i'm so 
bad in that area. I have such a long ways to go. So I have to pray a lot. I mean, I really do think that part of following Christ is like James, or is it in uh, 1 John, like he who says he's without sin, mm-hmm. yeah, you're lying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's yeah. not true. So I find that the more I study passages like Sermon on the Mount, the more I'm spending time with the Lord, just saying, this is what you got to work with, Lord. And I'm, I'm falling short in this area, and what should we do about that? It's very challenging. It really is the identity that we're called to that, I mean, you mentioned it even in Sunday's sermon that when we read it, it's shocking. It's like, well, I could never measure up to this. And it kind of humbles you. And almost there could be an easy way for us to feel just so ashamed. Well, I could never Mm. measure up to this. Why even try? Uh, But it's so great to see that like Christ stands in that gap for us. And we have the spirit that allows us to put on this identity that we've been called to. Yeah. Um, Yeah. But I mean... It's so countercultural, a lot of the things that we're called to in the Sermon on the Mount. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and I know you'll get into that a, a bit later. Um, but even as you're, you're teaching on Sunday mornings about the Sermon on the Mount and, and challenging our church family, but then throughout the week, you are interacting with people in very different environments through things like coaching or conciliatory work or just out in the world doing your life. How do you see what you do here on Sundays and the faith that you have, how do you see that playing out in the Monday through Friday as well Mm. um, in the other spheres of influence that you have? It's not just something that you're teaching other people, but that hopefully you're expressing in other spheres too. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great question. Getting my degree in psych at a Christian college a long time ago kind of really set this mindset of integration a long time ago. And I've, I've helped tried to really hold that, you know, just to kind of what I'm learning here and doing here needs to be integrated with what I'm learning there and doing there and with who I am as mm-hmm. a person. So I kind of have that mindset, I think, you know, if I'm, if I'm, talking to uh, a couple that needs a peacemaker, they need a conciliation experience because they're considering divorce. And then I preach on Sunday, it's like, what if that, what if they were here? Hmm. How would that work? Or how does that, how is my marriage impacted by what I'm gonna preach on Sunday? You know, because the other side of it too is, no one really should just you don't preach to other people. You preach to yourself. You know, you let the word preach to you. Right. And you got to live it or at least try as best as you can before you share what, you know. And even even then, I always have the sense, somebody told me like years ago, and I always carry this with me, of I'm not standing up there pointing a finger saying you. It's like, that's a we. That's mm-hmm. a moment for we. How does this affect us? What are we going to do, you know? Because I'm a, I'm a recipient of every sermon I preach. Right. Yeah. You know, so. And you've been a part of the, the small we here at Antioch uh, for about a month and a half now, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, and so you've got to interact with people. I know you said you want to go to some more community groups, but you've gotten to interact with people on Sunday mornings through just mm-hmm. gathering times and you've been to obviously some elder meetings and staff meetings uh, and have had meals with people. What are some things that 
as you're getting integrated into the life of our church that you've noticed, ah, this is a way I see people serving one another and ways that you particularly have felt served by the body at Antioch so far? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, that's a great question. I think there's just, there's kind of this awareness and affection for each other that's really good and really sweet. Like recently, you know, a couple of families in the church gone through some struggles within their own life and just it's like in a way creates a buzz uh, not mm. not at all like oh let's not not in an unhealthy way at all but just in this like oh my goodness that's that's like part of us yeah how can we yeah. help what can we do and and that's really cool to see i would say for kim and i there's just been a great warmth and friendliness to the congregation so um, we know when we come here on a Sunday that people are going to be warm and friendly. We see it happening. So that's really a, a cool thing. And yeah. Is there anything that, uh, that the church body, like anything else the church body could do for you guys while you're here? Because I know you, like we said, <laughs> you live an hour away. You know, you've got mostly grown kids. Um, yeah. But, I mean, what if, if Antioch could be a better family to your nuclear family. I mean, what, what might that look like? Oh gosh, God, I don't even know. Um, I, you'd say, come on up to, uh, come on up to our home in Becker. Yeah. <laughs> come visit. Yeah. No, yeah. I don't know. I mean, that's, that's, I think we'll figure that out as we go, but yeah. Um, just kind of getting, building those relationships and getting to know people and, and it, yeah, just, just the, the time takes for that mm-hmm. you know yeah it does take time having for sure having lunch together after church or mm-hmm. yeah anything like that letting right? kimberly Coffee. hold all the babies yeah letting kimberly <laughs> hold all the babies yeah that works out really well that's a good thing yeah i think it was a couple sundays ago by the, i mean you guys had shown up early for i think coffee and donuts with people yeah but before the service had even started, I think I had seen her hold like four children already. And I was like, she's loving this. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. awesome. Yep. And she just lights up. Yeah. Too. That's that, great. Yeah. Um, well, so there's a lot of there's a lot of like moving pieces in your life right now. But it from the six weeks that we've <laughs> been working together, I think it seems like you you really thrive in transitions. You seem to like really enjoy like like you've said before like I want to change it up. Let's I don't want to do every Sunday exactly the same, mm. or I don't want to you know <clears throat> do things all the same way all the time just because we have. Uh, but uh, sometimes with these kind of new experiences can come a lot of like growing pains or challenges or just opportunities for growth, as, as the positive among mm-hmm. us might put it. Uh, what what kind of things has the Lord been doing in your life? Uh, recently that either you want to celebrate and and praise him for or to say yeah this is a this is a conversation jesus and i are still having yeah (laughs) you know good good i think uh i think one thing that was really significant for me that i didn't i don't know how much i realized it but i needed rest Mm. last year um i was considering making this transition to do conciliation work right before covid i met with our district one of our district staff members i'm like i think it might be time for a transition and then literally it was maybe one or two weeks later covid hit (laughs) 
You're like, this and is so what then, I meant. <laughs> I mean, then my pastor shepherd mind immediately was just like, oh, cool. You know, <laughs> crisis is an opportunity, you know, or mm-hmm. something unusual. Um, let's just grab onto that, you know. So I'm not going to make a change during during COVID. But I didn't realize how tired I was. Yeah. So it was just experiencing doing a lot less throughout the year, you know, kind of hard to live that way uh, long term. Yeah. Um, things <laughs> run out, you know. But experiencing that was like I needed it. Mm. I just needed to stop the presses for a while. And just, and I tried, as I was aware of it, I tried to be really intentional, you know, to be reading good things and focusing on good things and having the relationships that are helpful for, for me while I'm resting. Mm-hmm. So that was good. Um, but I really needed that. As far as like transition goes, one of my strengths finders top five is learner. Mm. And so for me, a new environment is kind of exciting, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, cool. There's a new church. Hey, I think I'll read their bylaws, you know? <laughs> Uh, I mean, really fun things. I'm not like super a social outgoing guy. So that's a little bit harder. Like meeting tons of new people just takes, and I'm not as good with names as I want to be. So that just takes time. But the idea of like learning a new environment or a new system Mm -hmm. gives me energy that, you know, that's not a a hard thing. That's like an exciting thing. Mm, Yeah. So that helps a lot. And I'm not a tradition person. I don't really... (laughs) care <laughs> like this or that so Which you know is, hey anything that, yeah. you know i really do think like oh there's communion this sunday well how do we how can we get to the meaning of it mm. i mean i don't really care how we do it that much mm-hmm. you know or if we do it differently or whatever so that makes it easier because i definitely don't you know i'm not like oh we have to do it this way or that way or yeah. Whatever, that, the way I grew up with. Yeah. <laughs> Purpose right. over product, though, is what I hear you saying that mm-hmm. is really fun for you to come in and kind of, I've heard it already, like a lot of asking questions of like the purpose, which is yeah. good and healthy for us to always consider as we um, want to make sure that our purposes are always centered around God, God's purposes and kingdom growth, for sure. Yeah. So in a church like Antioch with a lot of younger people, that's a fun question to wrestle with because- mm-hmm. It's different than if there was a church that was like really older or traditional or set in their ways or whatever, I'd probably be challenged there in mm-hmm. a bad way. That would be hard. Yeah. That would be hard. That would be tough. Hmm. So, but I'm not sensing that here. This is like, <laughs> hey, we just want to do it right. Let's go. It's just fun. I appreciate it. And I'm, you know, I, I think coming into this season of transition. I know I should kick myself for saying that. Um, but in this season, it's un- <laughs> unprecedented season. Oh man. <laughs> Maybe I'll just call this the reformation of Antioch. I don't know. Uh, but coming into this uh, time, you know, coming off of, of COVID, I think everybody, even individually and in families had to do some reassessment of, who are we? What do we value? Mm. And specifically people in churches, right? We saw a, a time where there was nationwide, globally, like a mass exodus of people from churches because maybe they didn't actually feel connected um, to the the vision, the purpose behind the gathering with other believers. Um, 
And we all individually had to kind of reassess that of what does it mean to be connected to the body of Christ? Um, yeah. yeah. And, and so I think you coming in and asking those questions at a time where we're coming off of that, we've had people within our church having to ask that of themselves. And we as a church kind of wrestling with this, who are we as mm. a body of believers mm-hmm. that want to follow and proclaim the king who, uh, who we claim? I think it's good and it's healthy. And I am so thankful that you're here in this season to help guide us through that and ask the tough questions that maybe we don't even know how to ask or where to start. For sure. I think I've I've even seen that, uh, was it two weeks ago, staff meeting, when you asked about weekly Sabbath or we were talking about rest. Yeah. And uh, because Rachel, you had brought up how you're trying to to make the most of your Sunday, especially afternoons, like when we're done with church and that kind of thing. Mm. Yeah. and then you said, well, how are the rest of you? How do the rest of you do that? And Rachel and I talked later and we were like, well, we all had terrible answers. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, I think that kind of a question, it makes sense based on what you said of like what you were learning in this past year of just how important that is. Yeah. Um, to, yeah, to just bring in new thoughts because you haven't been stuck in our old thoughts, you know, <laughs> for the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's one of those areas. It's like so classically we we especially people who are feel a sense of calling to do ministry we do rest really bad yeah i mean who puts on their resume what's your top strength oh i do rest really well <laughs> oh that's great we don't want to hire that <laughs> you know we'd rather burn lazy. someone out yeah. get more work out of them you know it's just not like it's just a different thing and so yeah but being able to have those conversations together yeah let's just do it you know and let's figure mm-hmm. it out and let's get better and yeah, no, I think it's awesome. You gotta do. You know, interim pastoring is such a weird job. It's it, it's like you have to take on. So I've heard, yeah, the mantle. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> are you feeling that yet? Because maybe not. But you know, you're, you 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 kind of take the helm. You take the the wheel, so to speak. But you purposely are doing it for a season. It's only mm-hmm. for a minute. It's mm-hmm, really for mm-hmm. for preparation, for transition, for you know, like whatever. Uh, but so, but you still don't want to just like a good interim. And I, I think this is true of you too. Like you don't just want to coast. You don't just want to like keep the right. ship afloat. You yeah. want to like move forward Let's and grow. Let's just get and, through kind of mentality. Yeah, like yeah. I'm here to stop the bleeding, you know, or something. Uh, but so with that in mind, like what would you consider at the end of this role for you, whenever it is that we've found a lead pastor and we start that acquaintance again, you know, in that transition. Uh, is there something that you would like to be able to say, like, this is this is what we've done while I've been here? Wow. Or what would success be as an yeah. interim? Yeah, performance and indi- like success indicators yeah. of a healthy transition oh, yeah. time. No, I have no list of indicators. I'm just thinking, how inadequately can I answer this question right now? <laughs> I know. You know, and it's a weird... I like, mean, it's-, it's a great question. Um because it, it gets to the heart of like, I mean, I want to do really well. But the last, the thing I want in Antioch is for people to be more in love with Jesus and know mm-hmm. him better and experiencing Christ together through his word and through life. So that at the end, it doesn't, I mean, in a way, you just want whoever God wants here shepherding you. It doesn't matter who that is. Right. It's not about the person, you right. know? Mm-hmm. So it's like, oh, yeah, I, I love being loved, but I don't want it <laughs> to be about me, you know? And um, 
So, yeah. wow. I think, I think that would be huge, a huge success indicator is that the focus is as, as on what I would call discernment. Mm-hmm. Rather than like, oh, here's what we want, or here's who we think, or whatever, but that as a church, it's like, we think that we're getting a sense of God's will, mm-hmm. and we want what God's will is, because it's God who's at the center of this. And right. if we find the right guy, because God leads us, and we think we discerned his will, incredible, but incredible, because God is awesome, mm-hmm. not because of the person. So mm-hmm. that would be like, to me, I guess... Yeah. Rock bottom success. That would be cool. That's awesome. Be really cool. And I think, you know, if I, I, I would hope that that kind of a perspective would be a gift to a new lead pastor. Yeah. That a congregation of people who want to be more like Jesus and want to discern his will together. Well, the nice thing is to like, if you have, if you find like this really mature pastor, he'll, he'll appreciate that because he'll want that more than anything. Right. If, if the church found like, a younger guy that needs time to grow and learn, that's the environment you want because it's not about everything he mm. does right, everything he does wrong. Mm. It's about, as a church, honoring Christ and pursuing him and doing it together. You know, it's this place where grace can thrive and we can grow together. So, mm. yeah. And I think, you know, what you had mentioned before about community groups being such a strong part of mm. how Antioch, how we experience the body and experience God's love, I mean, hopefully having community groups be such a core foundational part of who we are would be helpful in reminding us mm-hmm. each week as we meet as a body believers in homes. Um, but then also here, it's not just about a, a lead pastor guiding us to Christ. Um, yeah. We're all a part of that process, really, and helping to disciple one another. I really appreciate what you had said, I think, two Sundays ago in a sermon about discipleship is not just us learning from God. Mm. Um, it's about relationships in that too. We learn from each other. We teach one another. It's not meant to be an individualistic thing between just God and me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think that will help us in this season as well. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, I was, I was also just thinking about like the staff meeting that we just had. We were talking about how excited we are because there were like two no, two more visiting families. And over the last few weeks, we've had four or five new visiting mm-hmm. family units like checking out the church and how amazing would it be, you know, for the church because it's healthy to be like landing and incorporating some new people mm-hmm. and that, you know, I, I, it would be awful if it was like, we need some person to come in and turn the ship because we're all sinking, you know, because right, right. we couldn't tolerate this year and a half. <laughs> we have everything that is needed to thrive as a church. We mm-hmm. have the word of God. We have the Holy Spirit living and active in us and among us. We have purpose. You know, mm-hmm. it's just about like clarifying and re, you know, sharpening those things and experiencing it together. So that, I guess that would be maybe another um, way to say like what I want to see yeah. happen here so that it's good health moving to more good health mm-hmm. when someone comes. For sure. I love that. Yeah. Well, thank you for taking out a handful of time here to, to chat with us. That was fun. Um, we, uh, we've been putting in the Life in the City emails a link for, if you have a question that you want to ask Pastor Patrick, uh, that you can do that there. <laughs> we will put that link in the show notes as well. Uh, and uh, you've been 
it's been fun to have you uh, ask ask and answer some of those questions during mm-hmm. during sermons or before sermons, um, so we can get to know you a little bit better based on what people want to know, which are sometimes the most random questions and uh, oh, yeah, totally. sometimes sometimes nice and deep. But <laughs> uh, well, yeah, thanks you guys. We will be back with a new one soon. Awesome.